0: Welcome to 247 Real Talk. I'm your host, Julian Perry. It's a pleasure to be here with you again for another episode of the 247 Real Talk podcast. I hope you had a great week since we last spoke. I always want to hear from you and know that. All went well, and you're living your best life. And uh, after listening to my previous episode, you're empowered, and you're fired up, and you're ready to go. I had a pretty decent week. It's um still cold in New York, but I'm dealing with it. Looking forward to the spring coming soon. And with spring, and with this the coming to the end of uh, this month, we... I'm looking at an election in November of this year, just about a little over nine months from now. And while many of my supporters know that I've sort of kept away from the political uh, discussion, uh, I I think with all the questions I've gotten and all the probing I've gotten, people have said, no, I've got to jump in there because I've got to help us navigate uh, with my thoughts and sharing your thoughts this process that we're going through. So um, I'm going to venture into this area, starting with this first episode. Uh, Maybe we'll call it uh, Road to Election. And when I come back, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about where we are and uh, where we're going and how this will progress as the months uh, go. So sit back, relax, and I will be right back with you. I'm back. Uh, thanks again for joining me on the 247 Real Talk podcast. Again, my ho- my name is Julian Perry. I'm, I'm your host. And as always, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, before I start the episode, I'm going to ask you to like, subscribe, and please, please, please share the podcast. Um, I want to welcome all those new subscribers as I see the podcast continue to grow. Um, I'm a far away from where I want to get, and for the the volume of, uh, of people I want in the conversation, that I how I want it to grow. But I'm thankful for each and every one of you who takes the time every week to subscribe. I'm thankful for my um, audio-only listeners that listen to me on the various apps and you know and on the website. And uh, so here we go. Um, before I start the episode, I think if I'm and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think. February 21st is the anniversary of the assassination of Malcolm X. And if if I'm right, um, I want to honor him with that, with uh, mentioning that today. So, election 2024. We're looking at, I want to say, two presumptive candidates. And I'll start with the Democrats and then I'll move to the Republicans and I'll go back and forth for a little bit. This will not be a long episode because this will this will just be the seed I'm planting for the future conversations as we get closer and closer to elections. So we have two candidates that are running for president. And they have set a record and they've broken a record. They set a record as the two oldest candidates ever to run for president of the United States in the history of the United States. And they have broken the previous record, set by themselves, the same two gentlemen, who are the oldest candidates running for president of the United States. Now, before I get into each individual, one and give you some just preliminary thoughts to leave this podcast with. My personal thoughts: uh, Why? I mean, we looked at the primaries, and I, and I, I can't talk about Democrat because they haven't had their primaries yet, right? But or they have, but I think uh, President Biden in the in the states have already run. I think it's what Vegas somewhere else. He's run unopposed. I think there was one state where he decided not to go on the ballot, and because. That state was not supposed to be first. Some controversy like that. And he had write-in candidates who wrote his name on the ballot, and he still won. How do two of the oldest men ever to run for the presidency of the United States in a nation of possibly 350 counted legal um, residents, legal uh, dwellers, and out of that, there's got to be, I don't know what the figure is of how many are actually citizens of the United States, but we're talking about a number in the millions. How does that happen? And this nation, this great nation of ours, struggles to find two candidates who are formidable enough, who are knowledgeable enough, who are driven enough, who have vision enough to challenge the two existing presumptive candidates. And when we have seen this nation in a place of turmoil since the January 6th insurrection, we have not been able to rest. We've been bombarded by court cases and lawsuits and, and, and threats and, and, and vile statements and lies and, and, and truths and, and everything else thrown back and forth across the aisles between the two parties. And you know what's amazing? Normally you have two candidates in this country has been, you know, primarily Democrat and Republican who have been at the forefront who sell their positions and fight for our votes to become president of the United States. But if you look carefully what we have right now are the constituents the Democrats of the country and the Republicans of the country fighting each other while the candidates look on, while the candidates egg each side on to fight each other, may the, you know, may the best person win. We're not sitting back as a united nation and listening to these two, these two candidates' positions and making a, 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 an informed and intelligent decision. Every time one of them holds a rally and i'm gonna i'm gonna say specifically at this point because the Republican party is what's ramped up right now every time presumptive candidate Trump holds a rally, what we hear coming out of that is more hate than more unity and 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 let's talk about that for a moment let's talk about that side of the aisle for a moment. so I read today where Nikki Haley has been fighting real hard for what she believes in. And the pundits are saying, you know, that she should have dropped out already. And then the the, the after she didn't, the next the next um comment is that she, if she loses her home state of South Carolina, she's done. I read today where she says, "No, I'm not." She says within the next 2 months shortly after that, we have 20 states that will hold primaries. As I think about why she would stay in this race, knowing that she will receive nothing but hatred and vile uh comments and and, and and attitudes being spewed towards her by those who believe in that uh ex-president Trump is somehow mightier than God. Um and I say that not because I'm being Partisan. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying that off based on the behavior of the people who support. Okay, I've long said this to everyone who has listened to my podcast. I'm a very neutral person. I will sit here and admit that I have gone into the voting booth for different levels of, of of elections and voted, picked candidates from both sides because I paid attention to the candidate and I felt they were the right person for the job based on what they sold me as who they are, irrespective of party. Where I come from is the place of a human being, where we need to live a life where we unite, where we need to understand that, again, I always say, government is elected by the people to work for the people. And therefore, when we take the time out to fight each other, instead of focusing on the candidates, and getting the, their, their positions, and maybe debating them in our, in, our, in our private rooms or whatever, but not with the anger and hatred I've seen that has come out of the last two years. People have been threatened. People have been attacked in many different ways, even physically, over two candidates, or over candidates who, as I said, don't know us Personally. People are hurting others over a candidate they may never meet and may only see from a distance if they manage to go to a rally. Yet they're willing to put their lives on the line. Look at the January 6th insurrection. There was one military personnel, a young lady who I believe was shot and killed by the Secret Service as she breached the chamber, lost their life. She lost her life for what and for whom? Do we think that when these people make policies in government, they think about you and me, or what's best for them? We keep electing the wrong people. We keep deciding that it's okay as a nation that has all this power in the citizens to allow an aristocracy in Washington, and we sit back and say it's okay. There are members of Congress who have spent so many terms there they forgot when they started. And we let it be. I've, I've held an episode before and I've discussed the fact that we need to put term limits across this country. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still out in terms of the Supreme Court because I'm, I'm struggling with that in terms of term limits for many reasons. And we'll have that conversation on a different episode. But in terms of,